Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 57 of The Place of Sound. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along with the last few episodes of the show. For those who are listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, which are oral history-style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and the social significance of a given place. And typically, we'll end an episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. These are the types of projects that you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound, and all of them are produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501, Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. But in this episode, we're going to do something a little different. This is the first of a three-part retrospective listen to the work that's been aired on the place of sound during 2023. We're going to listen back to this work one project type at a time. These interviews last about 20 minutes And in the original recordings, two voices are audible. The interviewer, who's asking the questions, and the interviewee, who of course responds to them. These interviews are then edited down into a two to three minute piece, where the interviewer removes their own voice in order to arrive at a narrative that offers the illusion of a monologue. The aim is to develop a single, cohesive story using as much of the interview as necessary. The result is that the interviewee is framed, so to speak, using sound in much the same way a photographer might do using a photographic image. And we refer to this form of audio media production as the audio portrait. So 
in this episode, we'll feature some of the audio portraits that aired on The Place of Sound in 2023. We'll listen to six of them in total, and they are the following. Dirt by Jordan Wagner. Seeking Comfort by Rup Bajwa. Casa e Felicita by Matteo Focia. A Taste of Belonging by Carolyn Workman. Finding Home by Christ Lee. And Home is Tradition by Angel Liu. Each student will jump in to offer a quick introduction to their piece before we listen to it. They'll give you a sense of whose voice you'll be hearing and what the conversation will be about. So without further ado, let's begin with a project by Jordan Wagner. The project is titled Dirt, and it features the voice of Carrie Bailey, who recounts her experience moving from her longtime home in rural Saskatchewan to the city of Ottawa. Jordan, over to you. Hi, my name is Jordan Wagner, and I'm a fourth-year comm student at Carleton University. Today, you'll be listening to an interview with Carrie Bailey, who details her experiences of moving across provinces and what exactly home means to her. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. My name is Carrie Bailey, and I am from Ottawa, but originally from Saskatchewan. I grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan called Imperial. It's one of those towns where if you blink, you will not see it. I grew up on a farm where my dad was born, so we never moved around, and so home was a location that I always went back to. When my husband got the job in Ottawa, it was really difficult for me to agree to go, and it was something that we talked about, we prayed about, and I did not want to come out here. Our firstborn was six months old. And I really felt like I was moving away from home because everybody was in Saskatchewan and I was moving to this big city, Ottawa, where I knew nobody and starting over again. So my husband, myself, and a six-month-old drove across country in a big moving truck. And it was horrible absolutely horrible. Our baby was wanting to eat and going to the bathroom and we're having to stop and it was a horrible, horrible trip. But we were driving from Hunt Club to Fallow Field. I had my window open and you could smell the dirt. And I loved the smell of the dirt. It reminded me of home. And I loved driving that bit because they would be harvesting and I could smell the, the wheat and I could smell, and it was the smells. The smells are the things that remind me of home the most. Even, and I know this sounds horrible, when I smell manure, my first thought is home. <laughs> not, not, oh, this is disgusting, but it's because I grew up on a farm. So we got here and I didn't know anybody it started feeling more like home when I allowed myself to open up because I 
prefer not opening myself up because you don't get hurt if you don't open yourself up. But in the same way, you don't create those bonds and you don't create that group of friends that become your family if you don't open yourself up and allow yourself to be hurt. And it was nice that the position that we moved to was a pastor position at a church because a church family comes around you. And so right away, there were people in our lives that helped us. We had pretend grandmas. (laughs) Our kids, our oldest had a pretend grandma and she would go over and have sleepovers at Grandma Doris's. And we created our own family. So with each move, I have a group of people that are like my family. And with the first move, that's when I realized that I needed to open myself up to others in order to gain relationships and to have that feeling of home and not feel like a stranger in the place in which I lived. And each place that we have moved to, I don't do it fast, but there are certain people that I feel like, okay, I can let my guard down. And those people become like our family. And it doesn't matter if we haven't talked to them for years or seen them for years. They are still our family. And when we go back, we still pick up exactly where we left off. As I grew up and got married and moved around a few different provinces, home became the people in which I was doing life with. So my family, my husband, my support people, my kids, those became my home. Hello, my name is Roop, and I'm in my final year of communication and media studies here at Carleton. For my audio portrait assignment, I interviewed my best friend, Jess, all about what home is to her. And as you'll hear, it's all about comfort. And while she finds it in many ways, she touches on one particular place where she sought comfort. I learned a lot about Jess through our conversation, and I'm happy to share her story of home with you. So please enjoy. Mm, Comfort, probably. I feel like home is definitely where you feel comfortable and where your loved ones are, because that adds to your comfort. So home isn't necessarily like one place it's kind of multiple places where your loved ones are and where you feel like you can go to to feel at home I feel like everyone even if you're from a bad situation right everyone has something that comforts them that they connect with a home right like when I was a kid and well you know an older kid and I was figuring out my sexuality right and I was you know I wasn't scared to go home but I was scared to talk about that with my parents at home and for like those years couple of years I always found comfort in going to my friend Claire's house because her mom was so open and really didn't give a crap about who you were as long as you were nice and respectful and friendly and I felt like I could go to her house after school 
and I could talk to Claire. And I wasn't scared of her mom overhearing anything. In fact, sometimes her mom would come and join us for a board game and <laughs> she would be like, okay, so like, what's the tea? What's going on in your life? <laughs> and I wouldn't feel, yeah, maybe I felt a little awkward talking to my friend's mom about, <laughs> because I mean, when you're a teenager, you never really want to talk to parents about uh, exactly what's going on in your life and and about love because that's all icky and gross. Um, but I felt more comfort there. Like I had like a little mini second home when it came to my feelings about love and about sexuality at that point in my life. Um, yeah, it's it really is what you make of it. It really is where you find comfort. Like that's that's where your home is. Even if it's multiple homes or or even temporary, you can like create a little little home space for yourself. Hi, my name is Matteo Fotia. I'm currently in my fourth year at Carleton University. What you're about to listen to is an interview that I did with my grandmother, Mary. In this interview, we discuss the topic of home and what home means to her. She touches on how home to her is the family around her, the food that she eats, the music she listens to, and certain keepsake objects. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy. My name is Mary. I was born in Italy, um, and I was six years old when my parents immigrated to Canada. When I think of home, I think of being surrounded by my family, um, either when I was growing up with my parents and my siblings, or after I got married and had my own family with my husband and my children. I feel more at home in Canada than I do in Italy because uh, I was only six years old when I left Italy and I grew up here in Canada. So um, for me, the I feel this is my, my home is here in Canada. I consider home to be more of an emotional place because home is where you feel loved and comfortable and happy. And that's usually an emotional place, I would think. Speaking Italian um, makes me feel at home because uh, when I was growing up, we, um, I, of course, I am fluent in Italian. And when I was growing up, my father had a big rule in our house. We were not allowed to speak English in the house because he said we would learn to speak English at school. So this is why I am fluent in, in Italian. And of course, it reminds me of home. And when I speak the Italian language, it does remind me of home. The foods that I eat remind me of home because they remind me of when my mother used to cook. And she would make traditional Italian dishes like pasta with broccoli or pasta with peas or pasta with chickpeas um, or pasta fascioli, which is really just uh, beans and pasta. Uh, round beans with pasta and uh, when I eat them or I smell them it does remind me of when I was growing up and my mother used to cook um, that way. I may I do a lot of things that remind me of home uh, traditions that I have kept up. Um, there is one thing that we we do 
Um, at Easter, my mother used to make Easter baskets out of some sweet dough. And she would actually shape them into a basket with a handle. And I used to watch her and eventually I uh, would help her make them. And then uh, when my mother could no longer make them, then I took over and I started making them. And then when I had grandchildren, now my grandchildren helped me to make them. So it's a tradition that uh, I have been doing for a long time. I have a little jewelry box that I have uh, small remem remembrances. Um, I have medallions in there. I have, um, I have my oldest daughter's first tooth in that little box. Um, so I do have a lot of keepsakes in there that remind me of different things that happened throughout my life in my home. And um, every once in a while, I will open it up and look at things and uh, smile and be happy. Hi there, my name is Caroline Workman, and the following is a three-minute story about finding and making home in new places. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. So I'm from Chittagong, so that's the commercial capital of Bangladesh. So here, after coming to Canada, I'm starting from scratch. So I don't have any relatives out here or my parents or uh, any of my old friends. It's really hard uh, being away from home because when you're home, you never really realize the importance of home because uh, home is something that it's a safe heaven. And actually, like it's also imprinted in your brain because you're growing up uh from like since you're born in in a specific environment and you know all about that so if so that that is where your comfort zone is and that's where all the familiar faces are and you know every corner of the city you know uh almost all your friends and throughout your life you've been with them you have had more experiences with them so that society, environment, family, friends, everything, I think that's what you call home when everything uh, is familiar and when you have your own comfort zone and a sense of belongingness. That's the most important thing, I would say. So if you have a sense of belongingness somewhere, that, that will be your home. Because it's been just one year since I've been here. And uh, yeah, at first I had to learn some things, but... I think I learned uh, things pretty fast and I think the way I'm doing, I think I'm doing okay and I'm happy uh, like how I'm feeling here. I'm making friends here and day by day those uh, relationships are strengthening, the bondings are getting stronger. So yeah, it's still on the process but I, I feel hopeful that someday this place will be home to me too. Like I'll have a sense of belongingness here too. For example, I was not finding any restaurant in Ottawa that served authentic Bengali food. So uh, my friend told me that the Shafali restaurant in Byward, it's a really good place. So I was like, yeah, I'm up for the challenge. Let's try it. So I went uh, to the restaurant and uh, tried the chicken jalfrezi and I actually loved it. That's a really uh, spicy but sweet and tomatoes with it. So it's got a really good uh, blend of the taste that I get back home. So it makes me remember about that. I've been trying food in Ottawa like 
for a year now and i think that's the most authentic bengali food i've ever eaten and i've talked to the owner and like we like we chatted for a while and like uh yeah we made a bonding over there i also talked with the cook complimented him on the dish and i would say yeah that is my favorite that's how i got to know shafali and that's how that became my favorite dish for reminding me of back home hi my name is chris and i'm a fourth year communications and media studies student at carlton university what you're about to listen to is an audio portrait project for my digital media production class for this project i had a chat with my friend jessica about her concept of home and her journey finding home as a refugee in north america her story gave me a lot of new perspectives and i hope you'll enjoy it my name is jessica uh, i was born in colombia but i grew up in north america I was a refugee when I moved to the States and then I became a refugee again when I moved to Canada. So my perception of home really did change a lot. And I always ask myself like where am I from? Where's my home? But until now, just actually recently like the past 2 or 3 years I actually feel like I understand what home is for me and it's just where I feel comfortable and like I feel happy in the city where I am even though my parents are far from me. Growing up as a refugee who moved to the US, um obviously we couldn't go back to our whole country to see my parents, family. So I grew up pretty isolated from my expanded family. Um I only had my parents and my siblings around. And then when we moved to Canada, it was like the same situation all over again but in a different language in French. And I remember when I was in Quebec, it felt like I didn't belong because I couldn't make friends. For years I felt that this wasn't my home. And it took me a good at least 4 to 5 years to actually start feeling like okay, this is my home. And because of of the fact that I went from English to French, literally from like one day to another that whole switch really molded the way that i socialized going up i really had a tough time finding my own place and identity in in quebec and i guess i guess the biggest barrier was the cultural change and the language when i think about my favorite memory of like my home i always go back to my first year that was the moment that i moved out of quebec and i was now placed in an english speaking province or a city because i didn't have those social connections throughout the f- the few years in quebec i thought i wasn't able to make friends and i thought that i wasn't able to fit in into social gathering social spaces but first year when i actually started socializing and it was english i realized that it's not a me having problems socializing it's more so i couldn't socialize because everything was french but now that everything is in english to me i just went crazy and that was like i made so many friends i i prioritized my friends my friendships over my grades sometimes but to this day i don't regret it because all the memories that come from that first year all the friends i i i had all the connections all the events the socials all those things that i experienced in first year were the things that i lacked growing up in quebec so i think those that was like my main transition to actually me finding myself in ottawa 
What does home mean to you? Where, when, and why do you feel at home? For me, home is far away. It could be a feeling when I'm staying with my friends. It also could be the taste and flavor from my hometown. Hello, guys. Here's Angel in Ottawa. Today, we're so honored to invite my homestay grandma, Yolanda DeMarco, to be my interviewee. Let's enjoy her chat about home in her perspective. Where does she from? What does the basic and impressive home mean to her? Miss Yolanda DeMarco. My maiden name is Lepera. I um, come from Aprigliano in Italy. And we came in 1953 with my mother, two sisters and a brother. Coming, coming to uh, Canada, it was a wonderful thing to do for us because uh, my grandparents were here already. My grandfather actually came in 1927. And so he actually built a, a nice well, kind of a community where we all met in Sudbury. I went to school to Sudbury, and then I met John, and we have our own family. And what's really wonderful now is that we have five great-grandchildren, and we get together, we, they come over, we have our Easter cookies, which is a tradition we started with when Sheila and Richard were about three years old. And we're still doing this tradition, which is very, very important to us. And then at Christmas time, they come over beforehand. We um, make pasta or lasagna. Let me tell you about um, the lasagna we make. The lasagna is a very delicious pasta dish. You need, um, of course, we make our own pasta, which is only eggs and flour and just a bit of water. And you need a, you can do it by hand or you can use a, a machine. The children come over, the children, especially the grandchildren, they come over and they all help turning the, the, the handle so we can make the pasta. And then we, make, we have to make the tomato sauce. You need mozzarella cheese. So uh, you, you put it all together, uh, which it takes a good day to make it all, to make, to make it from the start to, to the end. And then when uh, during the uh, Christmas time, of course, we, um, we all share and we eat and everybody comes over. And not only do we make lasagna, we make other foods, so like um, other meats. But that was the one tra tradition which um, uh, the family always did. Another one is Easter. At Easter time, we make uh, the Easter cookies. That's actually from John's hometown. He has um, a special little... Um, they make the cookie dough, but also when afterwards everybody's here making all kinds of designs, they try to make um, a little rabbits, a little baskets, a little eggs, and anything they can think of. We're all in the kitchen. We're all making fun of each other. We're all enjoying, you know, the uh, the fun of of doing playing with the dough and playing with the kids and everything else. So it's really wonderful, a wonderful time to be together. And, um, and enjoy the whole, the whole family because it's really wonderful to have a family that you um, stay with and uh, they come and visit you and you love them. And when you don't see them, you miss them. So right now they're all much older. There's some working. Most of them are working. Some are school, but all far away. And so 
when they come home, it's a very good feeling to have them at home again and have them a big meal because they enjoy coming to the nonis, nonis the grandparents in Italian and enjoyed staying with us. And we all get together again, and uh, it is a wonderful time we spend with the whole family. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to some of the audio portraits. In the next episode, episode 58, we'll revisit some of the soundscape compositions that aired on the show in 2023. Be sure to tune in. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.